We be live. Hello, everybody. Hi, I'm here with Rivka. Hi, Rivka. Hi, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> that was so cute. I like her. Oh, that was nice. Uh, people in the live chat. Hi, everybody saying hello. Look at our live chat. It's already busy. I like it. I like it. Okay, guys, this is this is actually more important. I know you, a lot of you think this might be just funny, but this is actually the beginning of a huge trend, I think, right? Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we are going through right now the fourth industrial revolution with the rise of AI, augmented reality, and a whole bunch of other technologies together rising at the same time, there a lot the world is about to change. Everything is about to change. It seems like it at least that politics is going to change, religion is going to change, the way we look at work is going to change is going to change. The way we might even define humans is about to change. Everything, family, identity, everything, our beliefs, everything is going to change. And it's happening faster than a lot of people realize. And while that is happening, I mean, I, I have I am keeping an eye on that on my free time, uh, separate from what we do here on Atheist Republic. But while I was while I keep following that news, I th think to myself that there is going to be a major religious reaction at some point. And I'm I was waiting for this the small hints to that reaction coming in from an Islamic perspective. And, uh, and this is, this. I'm now, as I predicted, I'm seeing it trickle in. And I think there is, this reaction is going to be much bigger, and this is just the beginning. Um, just like when the radio came, we had a religious reaction. When TV came, we had a religious reaction. When the internet came, we had religion reaction. And now... When it comes to augmented reality, virtual reality, and artificial intelligence, we are going to see also a religious reaction. And again, it's going to be a mix of denial, uh, fear, competition, and then eventually acceptance. And then after acceptance, it's going to be usage, right? So first, there's going to be a major resistance to it. And then at some point, they're just going to accept it. And then eventually, they're going to use it. But this is, just like previous technology, starting from the printing press was a threat to religion. This will also be a threat to religion. Even if it's not anti-religious, the fact that it's of this world will and, and occupies our mind and occupies our attention, that by itself, this world, the better this world gets, the more attractive this world gets, the less the next world is going to matter. And this is why inherently this is going to be a danger to religion, right? This is the dunya. This is a competition between the dunya and the akhara. And the dunya is getting more and more attractive. So religious is sending you, is selling you the akhara, right? So dunya means this world, akhara means the afterlife. These people are in the business of selling you the afterlife. So as we make this world more heavenly, the idea of selling a heaven is going to become more and more a failing business. What do you think, Rivka? This is. Uh, do you think like? This, yeah, this I. Is, I the, sorry, the dog yeah. was uh, 
Um, yeah, no, I, okay. I don't, I don't apologize. Okay, Rivka, you are not allowed to apologize for your dog. Okay, we love seeing, <laughs> we love seeing him. Okay, but go on. This is Sylvia, everybody. Uh, yeah. but anyways, oh. uh, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, this is part of how religion also keeps people in these closed communities. If they're not exposed through technology or through, like you were saying, the printing press, they didn't want people to be able to have the access to books because only the church had that or be able to read. Same thing. It's a how people keep closed communities closed, but also it's a way to, um, focus on something that they're engaged that they see and they're engaged with in the outside world and act like they're these leaders are um you know get with the times and they know what's going on and they're paying attention and here's these dangers that are out there you know yes by the way people are loving your dog in the live chat people are commenting <laughs> well let's see what the, what smile to general has to say um should we watch the ad yeah let's see because i like to see at the beginning what ad they choose for this specific video if you guys want to donate to the palestinian cause i am raising money with one ummah they have a 100 donation policy link will be in the description Again, I don't trust these people's donations. I'm very skeptical. I'm thinking they're probably funding Hamas with these money. I don't know. But I hope we find ways to support the Palestinian people. But these people's donations is probably going towards Hamas. I mean, I don't know, but probably. Asalaamu Alaikum, guys, and welcome to another episode of... Wait, what? I'm saying it's hard to tell where anything's going because we're finding, you know, Supposedly, Al Jazeera reporters are working for Hamas. Anwar people are right. working for Hamas. So it's really an amorphous world. Yeah, we just found a tunnel under their main offices that, like, was directly like they were using like Anwar's servers, I think, for intelligence operations. Specifically, using the electricity that is also being donated from Israel was Hamas was going through Anwar. And Hamas is using it for intelligence operations. And people were wondering why did they cut the electricity at the beginning of the war? So now you know why. Now you understand why. Yeah. Yeah. And Unwar is like, we had no idea. I mean, just think about if your neighbor How, yeah. is doing renovation on their house, you can hear it. <laughs> if it's underneath your office, you're going to yeah, know had, that they built it. We okay. had these major tunnels under our office using our electricity and all these servers. And we had no idea. We were wondering why our electricity. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, sure. I mean, even if they're right. It's hard to believe that it's hard. Like you have to accept why we're being skeptical. Yeah. About this virtual reality. Okay. So let's go at the beginning here. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah. The Vision Pro by Apple. Some people are worried about this virtual reality headset. <laughs> well, you should be frankly, because if you look at the way people are acting, and this is just the first generation that have been released by Apple. And there is still a barrier to entry price, which is set at $3,500. And they only have around... I mean, I don't understand why he's complaining about the price. This is just the beginning. Obviously, it's going to drop. Like, we had the same thing with the smartphones. Like, oh my God, look at this, this barrier to entry. Like, yeah, um, 
that will drop dramatically very, very fast, very, very soon, just like every other piece of technology out there that first came, initially came. The the thing about the price is, um, I think, almost sort of like a dog whistle to some progressive or leftist thinking like, oh, it's right. only for rich people. They're keeping the technology for us. And we're, you know, like, honestly, I think that that's some of what's going on. And sometimes those are valid arguments when it comes to things like medicine. But mm. the Vision Pro, uh, I don't know. Yeah, also medicine, that's a very U.S.-centric uh, thing that the prices are stay higher than they need to be because medicine prices also drop dramatically. It's mostly true, like United States, you know, structure of how mm -hmm. they pay for medicine and stuff that keeps the prices higher. But like with technology, prices of medicine drops dramatically as well. But anyways, yeah. 600 apps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> D was also saying it's the... <laughs> yeah, the good point. D. I'm not gonna shh, don't say that. Oh, wait, let me see if we're monetized. Well, I mean, because... I mean <laughs> don't tell anybody about our secret plan with the Vision Pro. Okay, wait a minute. What did we say? We got demonetized already. I didn't like we're talking about. Oh my god, we're talking about. Oh, maybe we said Hamas. Maybe it was the Hamas thing. All right, well, guys, we have been demonetized, so please make sure you like the stream because when we get demonetized, we also get deprioritized, and less people. Oh, not not the right picture. And less people will end up seeing our stream, and your likes will really help us out. You know, to undo all that algorithm, right? So, yep, yeah, and it's gone. It's gone. People are saying in the live chat, and it's gone. So, I don't know what we said. I think it was a Hamas thing. We said mentioning Hamas will get us demonetized, probably. Or maybe because yeah. he's talking about branded things, and we don't have. And he, I, I don't no, know. No, that's don't not know. it. No, that. Yeah, yeah. But let's see. Well, and look at the way these people are acting. Indeed, it is something from one of these dystopian future projections. Call it a Black Mirror episode or call it Ready Player One. Virtual reality headsets, they are not anything new. Yeah. The what is that background music? Bumble like I, there's a very happy, like I don't know, beach music at the, on the background. I don't understand. One. Virtual reality headsets, they are not anything new. Yeah. These have been around for quite some time, frankly. Facebook has been doing a lot of work on them. They even have these controllers you have with your hands. However, Apple are known to come last. They wait for everybody else to do the trials and the errors. They come in with a beautiful packaging and correcting the mistakes that are there. And they come and they take the market by storm. Typically, whenever they've come, that thing has become the prevailing technology and then people become under the impression that Apple were the ones that introduced it, which is mostly incorrect, frankly. So with this Vision Pro, the problem was you couldn't interact with the people because there were a lot of complaints that you would become antisocial. It would be very heavy. It would become very hot. And frankly, the apps weren't that great. The resolution was not that great. And with regards to the Apple, you guys know they have like a cult following. So depends on the reviews that you've seen. Some might be good, but generally speaking, things are... Yeah, I mean, this idea of the, um, the technology will make you antisocial. 
I don't, uh, I think it's more to do with the people themselves than the technology. Like if you, I, I don't, I don't understand why people keep blaming the technology. When Facebook came, people also were saying when social media was like growing, people were saying that about social media. I think if if you have the right mindset, technology could also make make you more social. I mean, I have because of social media, which was blamed like constantly was being blamed for people not spending time with each other and being antisocial. I met more people than I ever imagined. I used to be antisocial. Social media made me more social. Social media made me, made me meet, meet more people online, but also made me get out more. The first time I, you know, I remember many, ages ago when I first made my Facebook account, it was because there was this kayaking event that the event was on Facebook. And the only way for me to go there was to actually have a Facebook account. And I made a Facebook account so that I could go to this kayaking event to participate in real life with other people. And I'm also thinking about this you know, Apple Vision Pro, you know, right now, for example, if I want to spend time with my family watching a movie, you know, there's like, it's in the living room. Sometimes there's other people are there and it's like, we don't watch a movie because there's like people talking there in the background. It's inconvenient. We don't have a, a TV in the bedroom, for example, with my wife, if I want to watch a separate with other people, like I want to watch sometimes movies with my wife and I can't because like there are people in the living room and that's the only place where we have a nice TV there. Right. And, but if, if we both had like a something Apple vision pro, like now we don't need a screen in our bedroom because we don't need a screen anywhere. Like we could just have a shared experience sitting next to each other and watching a movie and that will make it more enjoyable. Like, I don't know, like we could play games more with each other because now we could both put it on and spend time. Like there are not that there without I can imagine so many ways that I could enrich our time with each other just with that. Because when you're home with your like family, there are some excuses to what do we do with each other? And a lot of those things get boring really fast. And then you have, you want to do other things because they're more interesting. They might be more interesting, but there's a lot of shared experiences. This is actually an excuse for a lot of shared experiences with your kids, with your, you know, with your wife, with your husband, even with your, you know, uh, grandparents that you could all put it on and have like game, more interesting game. Less. Like one problem right now is that board games is hard to compete with a lot of uh, video games out there. So a lot of kids are not playing board games with their family because the video games are a lot more engaging. But the problem with those video games is that a lot of older people are not going to be able to engage because the barrier to learning that is so high. But with these things, with new technology, there are going to be games that there has no learning curve and the kids and the grandparents, for example, could enjoy it at the same time. And it's going to be more ways. Because Again, that's the problem with current video games. The, the, the learning curve is hard for a lot of old, um, you know, older generation. But with these seamless, you know, the, with this technology that there's makes the technology invisible, like it's there's nothing to learn. Everything is just so apparent and easy to use. That barrier, that learning curve is going to disappear. And it's going to bring younger generation and older generation closer together because now they could participate in it together at the same time. It's like, so again, the, the technology, I think, could take us apart, but it could bring us together. It's about your mindset. It's about how you use it. Go on, Rivka. So... I think your points are valid. I mean, Facebook has ma has really been a boon to my life. I've met so many people. I've 
and then I meet them in real life. It's it exposed right. me to all kinds of things. But I I do think that there is some truth to the to this idea of how it can be detrimental. I mean, even if you look as far back as the Industrial Revolution, Emil Durkheim came up with this word for uh, the phenomenon of dust industrial re uh, industrialization, which caused disruptive cycles in people's behavior, anomie, right? You know, um, and he talked about it being, you know, due to self-regulation also. You have these new ideas, and, and some of us maybe don't know how to self-regulate. So I think there's definitely great things about it and how it can help people disabled people for sure have really right. benefited from a lot of technology and um especially the ability to communicate with people through technology or be able to have experiences that they might not be able to have because of the limitations of their disability but i don't think it's something that you shouldn't have some concern about specifically as a parent you know right. Your kids, we, we know this, kids aren't going outside as much. Kids aren't getting as much physical exercise. Kids aren't engaging in a lot of ways that they used to. So I think it's a fair argument, but I don't think it's the, it's not monolithic, right? It's one of those things where there's the double-edged sword kind of thing. Right, right, right. But but, but you're, I, I completely I, I agree with the concern. I just don't think we should resist the technology because the technology is going to come like a tsunami and it's going to take over. So, and I know you're not saying that as well. Um, I just think that the solution to some of these problems with the technology is the technology itself. So instead of like trying to resist the technology because it's causing some co concerns, especially for children, Instead, you have to look into the technology itself to provide you with solution. How can we use it effectively? How could we, instead of not using it, how can we use it in a way that is less, you know, problematic? Yeah. And actually, that's a really valid point because if you just spurn it all, at some point, you a lot of people are forced to deal with it, and then they have no idea how to regulate yeah. it. It just becomes overwhelming. So you do need to have these sort of ethical and uh logistical conversations right 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 so instead like when i if i like had a child if i see like she is like putting on her headset like I, I, i'm pretty sure in the future we're not going to see like kids looking at their phone because i don't think there will be phones in the near future i think people will just it will be just wearables it will be mostly two kinds of wearables in the future phones are going to go away because they're just too hard to just carry in your hand and your hands are not free because you're carrying it all the time. So I think phones are going to be a thing of the past and it's just going to be mostly two wearables, one on your eyes and the other one on your wrist. That's going to be our technology. And that's how the, the inter user interface is going to be in front of your eyes. So I think the future complaints of parents is like, oh, your head is on your phone. It's just going to be like, you know, they're just always on their headset. Like they're always on their headset. And I think as a parent, Instead of telling your kids to take off their headset and experience the world and blah, 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 I think you should maybe try to see how you could engage in some activities, you know, with them, with your own headset there. Like, because with 
phones, you know, I like and, and a lot of parents resisted doing shared activities uh, with their kids because they just couldn't understand what they're doing. And I think that's the problem. If you want to have, you need to find shared experiences. This is what we need to do. There is no other way. There is no way to resist this technology. With this technology, you have to find what are different ways that you could have shared experiences with the technology that you have with your kids and other people, other members of your family, with your friends and everything else. Um, yeah, I, I, it's basically like, you know, I'm not good. It's basically the same as trying to tell your teenage kids to not have sex. That If you try to do that, you're going to just make them not communicate with you and now you're not going to know what they're doing instead of you know it's it's going to be the same with technology so any parents that is seeing this and is worried if you are going to try to stand in you know in front of this tsunami that is coming at us then you instead of having an effect of your on your children what's going to happen is this is just going to divide you even more so this is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy if you are afraid of this technology alienating you from other members of your family, especially your children, trying to stand against it is actually going to make the process of alienation, process of separation. Sorry, that's going to make it faster. Trying to because you're not going like this has been. We have seen how this works. Like if if a new technology comes, it's going to take over. There is no force that could resist this. But also, I had this picture ready to show that this is not a new thing, right? When when technology, like when newspaper came a thing, people were, I mean, the, the idea, we, the, the picture the, of the father at the breakfast table, everybody's eating and talking, and the father is just having the newspaper open and has his head just in the newspaper and not, is not talking to anybody on the table and it's just like reading the paper. That's something that we're all familiar with. So that has, you know, even without the phone, that this piece of technology, the newspaper was already, was an, these people, the people who are finding other things more interesting than socializing with other people, that prioritization uh, is the issue. Um, it's not the technology because even with the most limited technology, people who don't want to talk to other people face-to-face -face won't talk to other people face-to-face, -face, right? And <laughs> Without before the industrial revolution, people were not even meeting each other that much. Anyways, most people were li living in farms far away from other people to be able to communicate with each other face to face that often anyways. Um, but then when they were living in cities, even with a technology as basic as the newspaper, you could see people were not being social, had enough excuse not to be social. Go on, Rivka. So two things um, about the dad in the newspaper. When my father came home and he went to sit down to read his New York Times, we were not allowed right. to talk to him. You couldn't go near right. him. I mean, it was like he was wearing a virtual reality headset. Because, but, it was, <laughs> but it was the New York Times, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 you exactly. Know, do, leave your father alone. He's reading the paper. But um, <laughs> this thing about... Um, you were saying about it a tsunami yeah it happens and people you know can find ways if they don't want to talk to people but that's sort of what Durkheim is talking about when he's talking about self-regulation mm -hmm. and the norms of industrialization and you know adaptations to those norms so all of those things are something that people discussed because he was specifically talking about people moving out of small rural communities into cities 
Mm. and working at factories and they're not engaging with people and they have this loneliness and this. So similarly, you know, but to your point about kids really quick and then I can move on is the thing about especially teenagers is that's part of what they like. I think about this technology is that their parents don't understand it, that they have something that they can do that their parents don't understand. So your point about engaging with it with your kid is, is true, but that's also common with every generation, these new kids right. today kind of thing. So I don't think that you should be afraid of it. I think you should be, you know, knowledgeable. I think you need to, you know, have those difficult conversations with some, some people find difficult and it's, you know, to use it like a tool instead of like a drug. Right. Um, yeah, exa- but by the way, another thing that is going to happen is that I think virtual and augmented reality are going to be so much like the real world that office work is going to be go the way of the dodo. Like people are not going to be working in offices anymore, right? At some point, it just wouldn't make the transit wouldn't make sense. Like right now, I have computer screens in front of me. I can imagine a world where it doesn't even make sense to have any screens anywhere in your home. Because your, you know, your aug- augmented reality is just going to have as many screens as you want anywhere that you want in your house, right? Like, it, I, I don't know if you guys have seen what this Apple Vision Pro can do. Like, you can have giant screens anywhere without actually having physical screens. So all this space that is taking in my home with screens on the wall, TV screens, they're all going to go away. And you're going to be able to have more space in your house because all of this is not cluttering anymore. You're not going to go to the office. Imagine the amount, the extra amount of time people are going to be able to spend with their family because they're all working from home now, right? Because the the, the extra productivity because of AI is going to make, make you be able to do a lot more work for a lot less time. You're going to be home. Um, you're going to be able to spend more time with your children, with your wife, with your husband. So that could also be a force that brings us closer together because of the extra leisure time and also because of not having to commute to work because every office is going to be now right on your eyes. Go on, Rivka. So that's actually a really interesting point. And a lot of philosophers and thinkers talk about that. For example, Yuval Hariri talks about that. And he talks about the fact that it's going to create jobs, but some of the things that it's going to do is get rid of a ton of jobs because he says the crucial problem is not the creating new jobs, but the job creating jobs that humans can actually do better than the algorithm. And so his part of his discussion is what are you going to do when you form sort of like what they call a useless class of people. I hate to use that word, but it is in terms of you can't beat the computer at a lot of these things. And so that's some of the discussions I think that might be worth having in terms of how is this going to change employment? How is this going to change people's feelings about what they do, which they seem to think is sometimes who they are. And, um, You know, so that's actually a really valid discussion about how it's going to affect work. Let me show you a video of the Taliban before the first time they ruled over Afghanistan. Let me show you this. Okay, so I actually can tell what he's saying because he's speaking a a version of Persian. (laughs) 
He said, this is a, a device that are the enemies of our dear country, Afghanistan, have brought into our country. So it's like pointing at the TV for people who are listening. He has a TV. So he's like, he's saying that this, t this device, this TV, is a way to bring on, you know, the hell to our families, like basically trying to f destroy the foundations of a family with the TV. Like he's a, he's they're the enemies of our country, the enemies of our dear country Afghanistan. They they brought this to our country so that they could reach our children, our boys and our girls, so that they destroy them, destroy them and take them to hellfire. This is this TV is going to make our kids go to hell. Oh, and they're gonna also suffer in their grave, you know, because because they're not Muslim. So it's the it's the duty of every Muslim to to get rid of this from their household to remove the TV from their household. Oh, even buying according to Sharia, buying a TV is haram. It's a sin to buy a TV. Putting this in your house is haram. Like he says, even listening to the Quran from the TV, even that is haram. And so everything that is haram is um, not in accordance to Islam. And for the for the satisfaction of my Lord, for for God, I will now destroy this. Like I'm not, I'm not destroying this uh, TV for fame or because of my own ego. I'm doing this for for God's. I'm doing this for God. Allah. Okay, so now they're using the TV, by the way, Taliban. So this was their attitude towards the TV before, but now they're on, not only they're on TV, Taliban these days are experts at social media, <laughs> right? So they're, they're really good at social media. They're on Twitter, active all the time. So they're kind of, you know, so again, resistance at first, acceptance, and then usage. This is what's going to happen. Wait, go on, Rifka. I was just going to, I was just thinking now, granted, Taliban isn't the same organization as Daesh, but when Daesh was uh, very active, you know, a few years ago, you could download the application on the internet to join them. Okay. So, you know, technology reaches everybody, even the people who want to take you back to the seventh century are willing to use technology to get there. Right. Exactly. Actually, I have something very interesting to, now that I think about it, I have something very interesting to show you at the end of this. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to this video. 
amazing as was expected. Indeed, it is the first generation, but still it is heavy. It's not as transparent as people thought. The resolution of like the FaceTime or whatnot is not as clear as was advertised. But that yeah, but this is the worst that it will ever be. This is only just the beginning. You have no idea what's about to hit it's you. It's not what we're here to talk about, yeah? Now you know what it is, and now you know how important it is. So let's just say it comes down to the meta price, and it's third, fourth generation. It's more affordable by the people. More people start having it. What could be the problem? Because we know the advantages. The advantages are going to be education. It's normally education and helping the differently abled or the disabled. That's pretty much it. That's how these products. Oh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Education. Oh, this small thing called education. Do you guys have any idea what how that alone is just going to rock the world? The fact that we're now going to have AI and augmented reality and virtual reality helping with education. Do you know that this could make this schools and universities and all of it go extinct because now we every child is going to have their own personal tutor that is, you know, AI based that could basically train every child exactly that is fitted them best do you know if we are able to do that do you know if with satellite internet and cheaper technology and ai you know imagine cheaper headsets and satellite internet and ai at the same time that means like a little kid in a village in the amazon forest is now going to have access to the most the best personal education fitted for that individual like access to amount of education that even right the richest kids with their own private tutors don't have access to that is going to be dirt cheat cheap for any any kid in any village anywhere in the world with that level of education with you know how how powerful every individual will become do you know how every individual now will be able to transform the world do you know how many more Einstein's and Darwin's are we going to get out of individuals with that level of education that by itself like ignoring everything else that this technology is going to do to healthcare, I don't know, to politics, to to you know, food production, to farming, to everything, just education alone. I can't imagine the world we're gonna be living in 50 years from now just with that. And like, oh, just that, just just education and helping the elderly. Oh, yeah, helping just the small thing of helping the elderly, like improving qualities, the quality of livable life not just the number but actually making life livable for elderly do you know also how that's going to transform the world i can't again this is comp this is you should be afraid because we are now more and more getting close to competing with your fake idea of a, of a heaven right we don't you made up a heaven but we're building a heaven but go on rifka uh so UNESCO has actually put out a, a position on this for their what they're calling Education 2030 Agenda. And it's all about uh, AI has the potential to address some of the biggest challenges in education, teaching, learning, also with regard to access, you know. And they also talk about these, you know, 
debates and discussions and regulatory frameworks that we were talking about, that the technology sometimes moves faster and so that people need to start having those conversations. But it's interesting that you said that because you were talking about, you know, somebody in the middle of nowhere. That's exactly kind of what UNESCO's point is about how oh, really? it can revolutionize the access to it, you know? Right. Um, but it also mentions, you know, um, its concerns about technological divides and the costs and things like that. But this is, you know, for, for their 2030. So this is six years from now. But it's very interesting that you said that because that's something that they they started talking about. And also having those political debates or those ethical conversations or those conversations about how to use it and how to use it for you know, good, right. so to speak. I do think that schools are not going to be a place of learning anymore for kids because technology is just going to take over uh, teaching children what they need to learn. I think schools, if they remain, are going to be a place for socializing. Like their main utility of schools is going to be where kids meet other kids and meet them in face to face that's going to be like humans are not going to be able to compete with ai when it comes to teaching kids but because kids will need social interaction that's going to be the main purpose of schools go on Rivka. um well that's sort of what uh yuval Harari oh, yeah. is talking about in terms of like how can humans compete with the artificial intelligence you know they can't in some oh, levels yeah. But I think, and so what happens to those jobs, you know, that used to be, but I think there's more to a school than just the socialization that it teaches you and more to human teaching in terms of how to relate to other people, how to interact socialize. in difficult socialize. situation, like emotional intelligence, how to, um, and then also sometimes people. But that's all socializing. It's true, that's, but it's socializing right. in an educational setting where right. you're forced to, you know, teamwork, teamwork or get along or how you deal with all of that stuff. It's and I think that humans mm -hmm. may be able to do some of that better because no matter how and I don't know, because I'm in the generation, you know, like I went to college without ever even using a computer. OK, so that's. Yeah. But I think sometimes some things humans might be able to do better because the the, the tone of the voice or the feeling that you get or the it, the way someone looks or their body language, some of those things are really important to oh. socialization. So a yeah. human teacher may be able to give you that, but that's so far in the future. I don't know. I think we're getting off in the weeds here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, let me see. We got a super chat from Bo uh, Bo McDonald saying VR is all about the video games, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be. My guess is that it, the more we go into the future, it's going to be work is going to be gamified, and at some point, it's going to be hard to tell the difference between a video game and work. That's my that's my prediction. But let's go. Assault. And of course, there's going to be benefit for these things, even businesses as well. You can be sitting in a room with the people. Why not? But with any generation changing technology like this, 
There are responsibilities that we need to emphasize to get the masses ready. Radio came first. People were like, yo, this is revolutionary. Yeah. TV came after that. Yo, this is revolutionary plus one. Then came the MP3 players, then came the realistic gaming, smart televisions, smart phones, and now virtual reality. I'm glad you mentioned to all of that to us because we didn't know that this was the progression of technology. I'm glad you listed that for us. None of us were informed the about that. Headsets. Rather than being a Luddite and saying, all oh, technology is bad and you just you need to stay away. Of course, mm. in an ideal world, nature is the best. However, because of a few advantages, because of necessities. Go on, Rifka, you want to say something? This point, and I understand what he's trying to say that, you know, you need to be engaged with nature, but this point actually bothers me. There's this idea that everything natural, everything nature, it's the best. You know what is natural? Dying of dysentery. You know what's natural? Mm -hmm. Getting mauled by a tiger. You know, are those right. always the best? I think that there's this false idea that somehow nature is always the best, you know? And I mm. know a lot of people uh, who have mental illnesses get angry about people like, oh, all you need to do is go out in nature. It's the best medicine. It's the healing. You know, I've heard people say that to other people. It's not always the best. Some things that are natural aren't always good for you or it's not always this perfect environment. You know, before we came up with some technology, like, for example, you know, antibiotics that you could take a pill or uh, injections of penicillin. Those are technolo technological innovations, okay? They may not be a virtual reality headset, but they are new. They are scientific. They were moving society forward. People naturally, through the course of nature, just died from diseases that we can now you know, interrupt and stop and cure or prevent through vaccination. Yeah. So this, that point just bothers the crap out of nature is always best. Yes. Nature is great. Yes. It has really wonderful attributes, but it's not always the perfectness that people imagine mm. it is. All right. Let's, let's play um, a couple, because I think we're going to run out of time before we finish this video. So I'm going to play a couple of minutes of it before we actually uh, pause again because I have a lot of points but I want to make sure that we finish Like parents saying, oh, my child needs the phone in case he's being robbed. Is your child gonna tell the robber, hang on a minute, I need to call my parents so you can be in trouble, mister. Hello? Oh, sorry, it's my nan. Nan, she, she's a bit hard on hearing, yeah? Nan, hello, nan. Pa pass to mum. No, mum. Just, just give me. You'll get shot in the face, mate. So we know. Pe okay, I just have to quickly say that's fucking that's nonsense. Obviously, having a phone with you and being able to communicate and call the cops or call your parents is going to provide more security to you. Uh, just because he can't imagine it, that doesn't mean it's not true. That's that was absolute nonsense. Obviously, your kids having access to a phone is going to make them more safe you know in times of need you need to be able to call emergency you need to be able to call an ambulance you need to be able to call the police what an idiotic take from this guy people are gonna have this but what is the danger yeah just like with all of this technology that i mentioned number one escapism 
escaping from your problems and the reality. This has become an issue and still remains an issue and will continue to be an issue. Whether we escape to narcotics, intoxicants, alcohol, technology, gaming, social media, again it's Okay, the main source of escapism is religion, okay? The people who can't deal with reality, yes, they use some of these tools to escape reality, but one of the most one of the most dangerous ways for people to escape reality because they can't deal with reality is religion. You know, this is exactly he, he talks about escapism and he doesn't understand that his Islam is one of those tools for people who can't deal with the realities of the world. I don't know if he understands that. I don't think he does. But we did get a super chat from Gaijin American saying, we can genetically uh, portions of human skin to photosynthesis. We can work with nature to optimize civilization. Um, well, I don't know about the photosynthesis part, but yes, we. The, I agree with the second part. And thank you for the super chat. We, are, we have been demonetized, so we do appreciate the support. Social media. Again, it's escaping the mundanities of life. Why? Because... Yeah, and you also you could use um, the same technology to escape the life, the reality, the mundanes of life. Actually, some of it is good to, for us to escape. For example, a lot of repetitive, boring tasks. If, if, if AI could take over that, that's fantastic. But if there's some parts of reality that you shouldn't be escaping and you are using technology from that for that, well, that's something that needs to be addressed. But also technology might able be the same technology might help you be able to notice parts of life and help you actually to get in touch more with reality. Again, it depends on you. It depends on how you on how you use it. Right. There are many things that about your environment that you're not noticing that it, that is you're losing an AI and augmented reality might actually be able to notice those things that you were always missing and pay more attention to them. Again, it depends on you and how you use the technology. Let's go forward. Escaping the mundanities of life. Why? Because either we lack the patience to do something new and beneficial for us because it might. Uh, here's the thing. Imagine in. I'm just making this up as I'm going. I'm imagining this, right? Like imagine that you, in in our times, a father, um, their child is going by and she's sad and the father doesn't notice, right? But now you have like wearable, like smaller augmented reality glasses or cameras around your home. And the way that your daughter came home and just went into the room and shut the door, like let's say in the old times, you would make nothing off of it and you say nothing, right? But now you get an alert based on the things that the AI observed, you get an alert in your technology that like, hey, you might want to go check up on your daughter. There seems to be something wrong. You might want to go ask her how she is and if she wants to talk about something. There, the opposite of escapism. That could be our future. Be risky because it might be difficult because we're not used to it because of our cultural and social upbringing. Whatever it is, it's escaping from that from responsibility into a world that you can click a button and you get it. Number two, it's detachment. Oh yes, it's detaching from the people that actually care about us. When something happens to you and you're lying in hospital, the Facebook likes and the Instagram hearts aren't going to be of benefit. One can. So see the Facebook likes, yeah, but the same Facebook likes and hearts, they might themselves not directly help them. But you know how many people 
because of the likes and hearts brought that video in front of more eyes I ended up getting people together to help somebody. So look at the level of, I don't know, are you being dishonest or are you lying? Yes, the like itself and the heart itself did not heal that child. But the like and the heart made the views of that video go up. And people were like, holy crap, how can we help this person? And they got around and they helped immobilize people to do things. So yeah, maybe sometimes likes and hearts do help. Likes and hearts will get the video more views. More views will encourage more people, will get more people to uh, want to do something. Among the, look, look at the, like, right in, in the, even in the video that you're showing, you're showing me 14,000 views. So without this Facebook video, this kid who has a cancer right now, 14,000 people would not have noticed that this kid might need help. And among these 14,000, maybe, I don't know, 500 of them decide to do something about this. And from that 500, maybe 10 of them do, and 10 of them do something that ends up helping some this child some in a, in a way. I don't know, maybe somebody rich or some celebrity notices, notices this because you like this video. So you see, it's not as simple. It's not as simple as you're making. Technology can help. I mean, how many examples of people you've seen that got together to help somebody because technology made them notice something? Uh Let's continue. Oh, we got another super chat. Gene, thank you so much for the 15 shekels saying he seems to be unaware he is posting this on YouTube, a platform that already supports VR. Yeah, and I also, because of it, like even if you're, yeah, you have brought your message to a lot of people because of the same technology that now you're dissing. Like you ask people at the end of your stream to like and subscribe. If these likes and subscribes did not have any value then why are you asking for it at the end of your videos they must be doing something by the way this guy is um he is leaning in with smile to jenna is leaning into a much bigger concern like people like daniel Hagaju think that this is the beginning of transhumanism which is like which i also agree with daniel i just think it's a good thing he thinks it's a bad thing but they see this as a much bigger as a piece of a much bigger conspiracy for the, I don't know, the Zionists or the Illuminati or the world powers to eventually take over. This, this, everything that you're seeing right now, it's their idea of the apple in the Garden of Eden. Because the apple in the Garden of Eden was the knowledge or basically the fire from Prome uh, in the story of Prometheus was the technology that was stolen. So the apple in the Garden of Eden was the knowledge that was the promise to humans that you could live, you could become like gods. And this whole thing is that apple. I mean, this is why people like uh, Daniel or other people think that this is, it's not a coincidence that the name of the company that is leading the, this technology is Apple, because this is the same apple as the apple in the Garden of Eden. The promise is like, I will give you this knowledge or I will give you this technology and you could be like God. You could live the, the, the promise, like you will be like gods. And God was like, This will make you this, this is going to kill you. So, this is the same battle that started in the Garden of Eden. People like us are telling you that your, your heaven is fake, uh, your afterlife is fake. But we humans with technology, we could build something that is like heaven. And they're like, Oh, we noticed this story from somewhere else. This is the, the serpent in the Garden of Eden was promising. Eve, the same thing that the apple or the knowledge will make you live will make you live like gods. 
and it, they're saying it's a lie, and they're trying to fight against this. But go on, Rivka. Also, it's important to that point that we're talking about Abrahamic religions because God, it's the same God as much as people don't want to, you know, I mean, we won't even get into his having a son with the Christians, but basically it's the same God. And remember that this God punishes human beings for this, women in particular, mm -hmm. but all human beings. This is the punishment for seeking knowledge. And that's sort of what's right. behind this, right? Is if you're if you're looking for too much knowledge, if you're looking to, you know, maybe eliminate suffering or make disabled people walk again or whatever, those are things that God's created in a way, you know, if you believe right. in him. So how dare you try and look for something that God told you in the beginning is not for you. The keeper right. of knowledge yeah. is him. And only him. Yeah. I also want to mention that it's very humiliating to the Muslim world that they are not in at all involved in providing any of this technology. Like, look at the technology and science that is coming out of Muslim countries. It's very insignificant. Everything that we're getting when it comes to science and technology is coming from you know, the vast majority of, majority of it is coming from non-Islamic countries. And this is a major source of humiliation for Islamic countries because, you know, they're supposed to be, you know, the advanced ones, the one, the bigger ones, the stronger ones. Like, this is how they remember themselves, like, in their... And, and now they're the, behind everything. So one reason why you see some of res resistance, like, it, because it reminds Muslims that they don't... They're their societies doesn't have much to offer so all of these amazing because they they have what they have islam right they have religion and from religion we don't get anything that we could see that is bettering our lives there's no noticeable improvement to our lives because of religion and all of these non-religious things from especially from non-islamic countries is having such a major impact on our lives it makes people wonder like what 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 is religion it is you know, in the back of even religious people's minds is making making them wonder, what does religion have to offer? Everything, every improvement in my life, every material improvement in my life is coming from science and technology. So there is there is this, you know, even if we don't mention it, in people's minds, there is this competition between these two uh, way of looking at the world, like the, the material and the scientific look of way of looking at the world. That has impacted our lives so much that even without arguing with people, more and more people will notice that religion is not the source of anything that is having a material impact on their lives. But yeah, let's continue. Benefit. One comedian said he told the people that he was dying and he got 15 likes. Brutal. That's the mentality of these social media people. The only people that are going to be standing by your bedside are your family. And then secondly, the ones that are closest to you in terms of some friends and the thing that is of benefit all of the time that is islam that's your faith that's your religion even if you're in the darkest corners of the planet alone cut off from everybody allah and you always have a connection and the bars never go down mate they never go down and of course it's laziness yeah laziness because you are going to be able to move stuff with your eyes. It's got loads of cameras. It tracks your eye movement. 
I mean, it's really hard to verify that the bars never go down when there's no when there's a one-sided communication, right? Like, Im Im imagine any uh, any of these other technologies where you're having an input, like you're, you're typing something on the keyboard, you're like saying something on your device, you're touching your screen, um, and it's just going in, and there's no output. Like you have, like right now, I have input device. I know the technology around me works because my keyboard is an input, my microphone right now is an input, my camera is an input, and I have output, okay? This is an output device on my ears, and my screens are output devices on my screens. With the technology that you, you're, you're trying to introduce your uh, religion, like the God, the, uh, the God's device here that you have as a technology, right? So you're saying like, you know, the, my phone or the Apple Vision Pro, or my computer, or all of this, you're trying to say, compare that to Allah? Well, where's your output device? Show me the output device. I I see your input device is Salat and Dua, which is you know the five times prayer or reading the Quran, right? So this is your output device. You're either reading the Quran, you're either doing Dua, so you're praying um, to God, or you're doing the Salat, which is the five prayers that you do every day to God. So these are your outputs. So, okay, that's your output device. I have my keyboard. These, that's my output device. I have my mouse. That's my output device. My microphone is my output device. And my, um, sorry, my input, these are my input devices. My, my So, yeah, so, 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 sorry. Salat, Dua, and reading the Quran are input devices. My input device is my keyboard, my mouse, my microphone, and my camera, okay? So now I receive something. When I give something, I receive something back, right? So, um, sorry, these were input. And my output is my, what I receive is my screen, my, my earphones, right? So what do you have? When I communicate with God, what do I receive back, right? I, that's a piece of technology. Does God speak to me? Because God spoke to your prophets, right? That with that, with revelation and with miracles. Those are the only two forms of communication that we get back. We say something to God. We get something back in the form of revelation and miracles. The, the prophets receive something back, but do we get anything back? So your technology is one-sided. There is no way to verify if this technology is working because when we give something, there's no communication back in return. You claim there is, you claim there is, but we don't see any verifiable evidence that there is anything back that we receive. So this is a this is not even a technology. I don't even know how you could compare this with technology when there's a the most important part is missing. The whole reason why we use our input devices to give something to technology, the whole point is to get something back in return. We're not receiving anything back in return from your technology. Go on, Rivka. So to your point, he is using technology to get something back. Is he's trying to reach people via this modern technology that people might be watching on a VR set on their phone, whatever. And it's just so interesting as we were talking about this is that, you know, being using the technology to, to demonize the technology, I find really interesting, you know, and to right. talk about he's reaching people. Technology doesn't, you know, what are like, you know, what is this going to do for you? It's doing something for you, brah. You know, you're making right. money off of it. You think you're reaching people. You think you're influencing something. So I, I just find it funny. Yes, 
use technology to talk about potential problems with technology. That's fine. But acknowledge it, you know, which he's not. Yeah, this kitchen and the bars never go down, mate. They never go down. And of course, it's laziness. Yeah, laziness because you are going to be able to move stuff with your eyes. It's got loads of cameras. It tracks your eye movements, and you just need to go like this with your fingers. So I mean, if the, okay, then get off. Don't use a car. Walk. Don't use a car ever again. Okay? Oh, it's less and less movement from us. I mean, you you're because of technology, you now go to a grocery store instead of like farming. Uh, you, we, the vast majority of humans used to be farmers. Now you go to a grocery store and you pick up your vegetables. Okay, so go into a farm. Stop YouTubing and you're being lazy. Like compared to people before, we're extremely lazy. We used to have to farm in a field for our food. So if you're against this trend of getting lazy, then go back, go backwards, go back in the farm and farm your own food. And more and more chances of obesity and lack of movements. And again, it's gonna affect our social skills because look, we've got so much social media, but our kids are becoming more and more unsocial. And you're gonna have forced mindfulness, yeah? Oh, I, I, I got a bit, I, I wanna feel like I'm in the forest, mate. Oop. Oh, I'm in the forest. Why don't you get up off your backside, go and travel there? Yeah, but it's far, I don't have time. To yeah, you will be able to travel more if you wanted to, because now your work, you know, you, you could do more work with less time. So that's going to eventually give us more leisure time, which will give us more time to be able to go into the freaking forest. Go on, Rivka. Um, I really want to focus on this thing. He says forced mindfulness. OK, well, religion does that. I mean, what is having the azan call you to prayer that you can hear everywhere and that interrupts your, ah, that's that good interrupts point. everything you're doing it could interrupt you know your wakes you up from sleep or you have to stop whatever to go then pray right. and you that's have to face a certain ah. direction and you have to do it five times a day in judaism three times a day it's not quite the same in terms of the zan but they they also have you know, this idea yeah. that you have to stop and you have to force yourself. You've got to think about God five times, but in particular to yeah. Islam five That's times the a day, God's forcing you to think about him and you got to do it and you got to face the direction and you got to get your rug and you have to, you know, and you, you know, and if you miss it, maybe you have to stop on the highway to make it up because you couldn't pull over and go to the, you know, I mean, it's forced mindfulness. I mean, that's part right. of the reason why these religions pray three times a day, five times a day, is right. you've got to keep God right here all the time. That's the force right, right, mindfulness, right. you know, and even the sometimes the clothing or the attire, you know, I remember my mother told me, why do, you know, why Jewish people cover their men wear yarmulkes and women sometimes cover their head because you got to remind yourself all the time. God's above you. So there's all this right. forced mindfulness in these religions. And he's saying, oh, it forces mindfulness. And just being out in the yeah. forest, I'm not sure that's an example of forced mindfulness. You know, you can do that without a VR headset. I wish I was but, in the forest. I'll close my eyes and imagine a forest. You know, what? Rivka, Rivka, Rivka. 
the you know the now that you mention it, the adhan or the church bell is the the original notification. It's a it's a notification on your phone. That's basically what it was. I mean, it's not a it's a, it, I, I, it's not a coincidence that the the symbol for notification is a bell, <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's a bell. It's a no, it's a notification. It was a not, It was li literally a notification. Yeah, the church bells and the adhan. You're right. That's such a good point. Amazing. It, religion is a technology. To be fair. Right? It's just not a very good one. Why don't you do something to make time? No, no, but I'm at work. Why don't you work on becoming self-employed and starting your own business? Yeah, but it's too risky. And why don't you? Becoming self-employed. Why don't you work on becoming self-employed? Guess why people can do that? You freaking moron. It's the technology that makes people be able to get self-employed. Self-employment was not an option. My yeah. point to him is, yeah, get self-employed like you. Have a YouTube channel um, using channel, technology yeah. to make money off of people to tell people not to use technology. Tech yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, oh my. <laughs> yeah. But it's too risky. And why don't you take some risks? Because I'm just not used to. Well, that's that's what you need to deal with, mate. This comes under counseling, comes under psychology, comes under self-help. You need to know yourself. And that's the thing that these technologies are exploiting. They want to give you the easy way. They're offering the opportunity to be self-employed. You freaking moron. Out. And if you get used to this, then you're going to look for the easy way out in relationships, be it with your partner husband or wife be it with your family no, i don't live with my mom anymore she don't understand me or even with your friends they don't do something you like boom you cut them off. you know with this, this the technology that we have on your phone right now you could use that technology to be more distant from your wife or you could watch youtube videos you used to have to be able to uh, afford you know expert opinions on marriage advice now there's a lot of youtube videos talking about marriage advice talking about relationship advice it's it's up to you you could use the same technology to go look at expert opinions that people used to have to pay so much money for it and now they're available for free on your phone and you can now understand like what are the best ways to like conflict like in a marriage if you're in a conflict there are youtube videos on conflict resolution in a marriage you could watch those you can make improve your marriage because of that technology off so uh, go on, i was go. just gonna say all this stuff that he's saying about know yourself and you know take risks none of that is necessarily technology related either i mean people have been saying that for years you know i mean right it, it, this is just sort of i don't think i think he doesn't know how to segue into his it's all about religion thing so he's just coming up with some of this stuff yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess the point that I'm trying to say is know thyself. That's the first thing. Neo noticed this over the door of the Oracle. But even before that is get close to God because there are becoming more and more barriers to reality. This is like, yeah. there it is. There it is. This is the concern. This is the concern. It's, these are not barriers to reality. These are two, just like the telescope and the microscope. 
These are not barriers. These technology are not barriers to reality. They're enhancing our ability to see reality. And that's why it's a threat to your God, because your God is not part of reality. And when in, with enhancement, with tools for us to notice reality even better than before, just like the microscope and telescope, right? That was a threat to your God. This technology is also another threat to your God. It's not a barrier. It's a tool. It's an enhancement. It's an enhancement of our vision. Oh, we got another super chat. Asian American saying Plato was anti-writing. Okay, well, thank you for the super chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is actually known as spatial computing, which combines the physical world with the virtual world and with Unreal Engine. You know what they're using in gaming and what they did and they said in the Matrix demo. And what would reality mean when a world we can build feels as real as our own? So this is their aim. And the more veils there are over reality, the harder. I mean, if the world that we could be uh, build is as real as our own, and that would be part of reality. Okay, it's called virtual reality. It's also part of reality. Okay, it exists. Fails that are over reality, the harder it becomes for us to give da'wah and help the person come out, it's going to become harder to connect with your kids and this generation. So there it's it very is. There it is. It's that's where you feel threatened. Important. We equip. Yep, it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder con to convince people to work for a heaven that you promised them when we are building them, building a better life here. Again, the better this dunya gets, the better this world gets, it's going to be so much harder for you guys to sell an afterlife because people will focus on this life more. Them when they're young and young in terms of age, but young in terms of technology as well. The technology at the moment is young even though i would say that apple coming in is a big thing and with regards to what certain countries are doing in muslim majority countries and the world turns a blind eye or genuinely believes the propaganda imagine if the propaganda becomes difficult to avoid it's literally there attached to your face with a tv and a screen you can switch it off you can put the laptop down you could put your phone away imagine if something's there yes you could take it off and from your head like oh you could put your laptop away you could turn off the tv you could put away your phone but once these things are on your eyes then they're stuck you can't take it off like i don't understand the difference yes you could take off your headset as well what the hell the Neuralink is something that will come in the Oh, you're talking about the Neuralink. Okay, okay, the Neuralink. I thought talking about the headset. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you will be able to shut those off as well and not use them. If you, like, I don't think, um, I, I don't think you would have to use them. You could also remove them if you want. Future and that is just next level stuff. You know what I mean? If that comes, mate, I might as well. You know what I mean? Pack my bags, find my way to get to Mars. Cause this is ridiculous. At the moment, I mean, I'm pretty sure they will have those things on Mars as well. If you could get to Mars, I'm pretty sure the people who are flying to Mars are the main people who are also using that sort of technology. Oh, we got a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. Go in, Rifka. Thank you. Um, so to your point about you could just take it off, you know, I mean, I know um, personally worked with a woman who was deaf, who first she had hearing aids and then she had one of those cochlear implants. And sometimes she wanted to just not have to hear things whatever she could turn it off 
It was part, oh. and she did. So my point is, you know, you you can, especially her hearing aid. She sometimes would take them out at night. You know, just and so the point is, technology. You don't have to be its slave. You have to be able to use it. It's a tool, right? Exactly. You know, and that's what he's trying to, you know, say that, you yeah. know, this is gonna affect people in a way you know what you can Rivka you know what you can take off God Islam Islam if you <laughs> exactly. okay, if you if you accept Islam you you're not allowed to take that off so I'm, I'm pretty sure any form of technology you should be able to opt out from it but if you accept Islam now if you leave if you take Islam off now you're a mortad and you're supposed to be executed for it. So there's no unsubscribe to Islam. <laughs> That's the technology that you can't take off. <laughs> Still got some breathing space. Yeah. So yeah, companies and governments are going to have more access to you and they're going to come up with more sophisticated propaganda for control to control you. I mean, you are doing what you're saying. Like, well, you're calling it propaganda. The things that you don't agree, you're calling it propaganda. But okay, based on that standard, we are like we are using YouTube to watch you right now. So how is like this is propaganda? You're doing what you're saying. Other people do. How is your videos not propaganda? You are like also, you're promoting anti-Israeli propaganda. That's what you do. Like you're just calling. Oh my god. Also, the dawa that he talks about is going out there and trying to present things to people to right. change their minds, to get, you know, all the things that the, you're saying the technology does, you're doing not just on this video, yeah. but in daily life. And he's also talking about no ideas. Well, you know, I don't know, dude, you know, you you got some old school no ideas yourself that about religion and about yeah and the technologies they're, they're they're he's complaining about is actually doing a their anti-israeli propaganda right now more than the other way around like if you're like what do you like if you go on tiktok for every pro-israel video there's like tens and 20 like anti-israeli video on facebook on instagram everywhere like the technology is if you're like oh this is propaganda what you're seeing in this technology well right now the technology is saying what you agree with more so you're just what i don't understand like these people are just contradicting themselves and to debunk the notion of yeah yeah it's education gonna help people make yeah well what education what education do we get now oh christopher columbus founded america but the native americans and indians were already there what did he find you idiots, they are in the United States. The history is one, the most self critical. And in in, in, no, there are very little countries. Go, go to Islamic countries and look at their history lessons, and then compare that with the education in Canada and United States and in Western Europe. Look at how self critical the history is in United States. The schools, I mean, they're pretty much teaching you to be anti American in many schools in the United States. And you're like, oh, this is what they're teaching you. No, they're teaching you the opposite. If you go to Egypt, look at how they're self-congratulatory they are when it comes to their history lessons. If you go to Iran, look at how self-congratulatory they are. If you go to China, look at their history books. You could look see how self-congratulatory they are. But if you go to United States, they're like, oh yeah, we were horrible. We were 
We did the worst. This country started with genocide. If you go into Canada, look at their history. Like, oh, yeah, we were freaking horrible. If you go to France, look at their what they teach their children about what France did in Nigeria. They teach these to their kids. They're self-critical. What are you talking about? Look at yourself. Look at Islamic countries' history books. Go on, Rivka. This is another one of those sort of dog whistles or sort of subliminal uh, things to hit these this woke agenda right the same thing with oh the cost you know why are you focusing on the cost right well yeah that people are like oh yeah billionaires bad poor people uh, you know apple to same thing with this you know christopher columbus and in native americans and all that oh yeah the united states is so terrible and we're so bad that i swear that that he's that's specific to his demographic he needs to hit right. certain points for people right. to really engage and go, yeah, oh, yeah, he's down with what we think. Yeah, I mean, the same books that tell in the United States that tell you how bad it was to the Native Americans, in their history books, you could see that in the United States, they will teach you that. But the same books don't tell you that these Islamic countries also, like all, the vast majority of Islamic countries, started because of the it was conquest through violence like what do you think how do you think islamic countries became islamic countries how do you think arab countries became a thing they were all through conquest they were all through bloodshed and violence why are you singling out united states foundations where the countries that you endorse also for founded in the same way anyways let's continue and he's depicted as this good guy but we know he wasn't a good guy this guy was known for many atrocities. He R-A-P-E'd the people that were there, pillaged, and did yep. all sorts of madness. Are they yeah, they teach you that. They tell you that. Kids in the United States know that. They are constantly told You're going to tell us that Thomas Edison created the light bulb? No, the guy was a mean businessman who stole things from other people and bullied them. Yeah, this is why people are now, if you ask people these days, this was before people were, uh, if you ask um, Edison versus Tesla, most people will vote for Tesla. This is because people now know these. Things. One of those people being Nikola Tesla. What yeah, there you go. People know this. I don't know why you're acting like you're like revealing a secret. Edison being a, um, a horrible person and stealing stuff from Tesla it has become a meme now. This is now common knowledge. People are told this. You're not telling us something that you're not. On, you're not telling us a secret. This is this is so famous now. It has turned into memes. What do you think you're telling us? He thinks like he's educating us. He thinks it's like revealing things that our society has kept hidden from us. They're going to tell us that non-Muslims created everything, but when it comes to people from the Muslim world, their names are changed. Like. Oh yeah, no. They're here's the thing: Muslim world from the Muslim world, you're you're showing us names of people who stood against religious beliefs. These were people who met in in the Islamic world who had scientific, you know, achievements without the help of religion. In fact, the religious community at, at their time stood against them. You freaking moron! These people managed to achieve all these scientific achievements, they have all these scientific achievements at their time, and not because of religion, in spite of religion. If you go look at them throughout their time, 
religious authorities and re the religious community was limiting them. Ibn Sina right there, you know how much more his achievements would have been if the religious community at that time was not was not limiting his the studies that he had? Do you know that how much Ibn Sina, who is the father of medicine of that time, you know how much more he would have been able to understand if he was allowed to dissect dead human bodies, which religious authorities were not letting him at this time? Also, look at this list. Let's People go down. The Muslim world. Oh my God, Omar Khan, are you freaking serious? He puts a whole bunch of other people in names here who are not just not Islamic, who they had quotes against Islam. And Omar Khayyam himself there, you put he, all Omar these Khayyam other anti-religion poems and yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Omar Khayyam. Okay. Let me let me also like He's saying, you know, we were talking earlier, you mentioned earlier about, you know, a lot of the more modern inventions had come out of Islamic countries. It's because the, the religion stops it. They haven't had this, you know, in, enlightenment in a sense to move. They did then. Religion comes in and puts the kibosh on it. It's like they invent the zero and then stop. You know, like, but let me no. let me tell you, let me tell you something about, about Omar Khayyam because Omar Khayyam, um, yes, he was he was a poet and also a scientist, one of the greatest scientists of his time, and he was in the heart of the Islamic world, right? And he was born in 1048, died in 1131, so like we're talking about a thousand years ago in the middle of the Abbasid uh, uh, dynasty, like during the time that. This, the Islamic Caliphate, what it says at its uh, at its power, and this is at that time in the heart of the Islamic world. This is the poem that Omar Khayyam, you know, wrote at at his time, right? So let me read this for you, okay? What well, says the Quran will come put me to the test? Lovely old book in hideous error dressed again remember this is a thousand years ago in the middle of the islamic caliphate this is the poem omar khayyam wrote lovely old book in hideous error dress believe me i can quote the quran too the unbeliever knows his quran best and do you think that unto such as you he's talking about the religious authority the people the religious people the muslims right and do you think that unto such as you a maggot-minded starved fanatic crew god gave the secret and denied it me well well what matters it believe that too this uh, this guy who is telling you that the quran is a hideous a book hideous in, in, in hideous error dress, he's quoting his name. He's quoting his name as like, oh, look at this. Look at what we have. Look at what the Muslims had to offer to the scientific community. Well, Omar Khayyam was one of us. One of us. He was an, he was a murtad. He was against Islam. So a lot of other people on your list, by the way, as well. I mean, even and even Ibn Sina and other people who you think were Muslim, they if you look at the foundations of their science was in Greek philosophy and Greek way of 
um, analyzing and the framework that they, that was their foundation. They were more admirers of Greek philosophers than Islam. They use that as their foundation to come up with their conclusions. And at the end, when they come up with the conclusions, they just gave it a final Islamic paint job because they lived in an era that it required a final Islamic paint job for their jobs to be accepted, for them, for the religious authority to not come come out against them. But even when they even when they did that, they were announced, they were told that they are disbelievers and mortads and infidels, like famously Ghazali, like the Ibn Sina. It's very interesting. Oh, Ibn Taymiyyah, like it's interesting. He puts Ibn Sina as his name there, but the, the main guy that these people believe in, which is Ibn Taymiyyah, he considered Ibn Sina to be a heretic, to be an infidel. The, 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 all of these Sunni guys, the vast majority of them consider Ibn Taymiyyah to be the guy that got Hadith and Islamic scholarship perfectly right. They quote him. And Ibn Taymiyyah considers most of the peoples on this guy's list to be mortads. to be infidels. Tell us that non-Muslims created everything, but when it comes to people yeah. from... Yeah, well, not everything, but mostly, yes, the Islamic world, especially these days, Islamic world in the golden age, when the Islamic world had a lot to offer, it was not because of Islam. It's because of the Islamic empire had a lot of wealth, and with wealth comes science and technology and poetry and philosophy and art. If you look at what happened during the golden age, Islam had nothing to do with that advancement. Islam was standing in the way. It was the wealth that brought all of this technology and science. And right now, right now, the Islamic world has almost nothing to offer. They are backwards and you're humiliated by it. You're ashamed by it. And that's why you have to keep going back in history. And even when you go there, you use names of people who were considered infidels at their time. From the Muslim world, their names are changed. Like Ibn Sina? No, when you check the literature, it's Avicenna. Okay, that's, oh, you freaking moron. That's because it's more uh, pronounceable. You, the Arabic word, the Ibn Sina did the same thing to Greek words. Greek words, when they brought into the Islamic, word, Islamic world, Ibn Sina himself and other people used names that were different to the original Greek. They changed it. They Arabized things. Just, just in the same way that the English-speaking world took Arabic language and made it, you know, more pronounceable to them, Ibn Sina himself and other people around them, they Arabize words from the Greek language. This is what everyone does. This is not a conspiracy against Islam. Ibn Rushd, no, it's Averroes. Oh, the Muslim... Yeah, it's more pronounceable. You guys Arabize other words as well. Well, I find it funny. He says, if you Google Ibn Sina, this is what you see. You obviously are Googling that name. No. So it's not like it's hidden from view. You type that in and you get this other option. So the point I'm making is that his name is already known. Or the search wouldn't give you the option. His Islamic name is known or his Arab name is known. Yeah, and also D is pointing, you even Arabize the name of prophets, like Jewish names of the prophets. Now in, um, I don't know, like for example, Prophet Jonah is Yusuf, right? Jesus is Isa. You have Arabized, like you Arabize names. Like every, every society does that with their language. When names come from another culture to theirs, they change it. They change the way they pronounce names it. Names have become Latinized such that the...
Yeah, they Latinize the same way Arabs Arabize. Why people know how Look to read them? Look at those three me pictures that he has in Biden, Trump, and Look at this. What is? What? What, what is it? What is that? Let me see. How is that relevant? Oh, the Muslim names have become Latinized such that the Y people know how to read them. Oh, give me a break. If they can say Why are those the white people that he thinks of? Those are the white is people that... progressives and, and also like, you know, uh, anti. Uh, I, I mean, is, is Trump even white? Hate? I thought Trump is orange. Know how to read them or give me a break. If they can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, then I'm sure they can pronounce Ahmed. And well, well, I mean, if you can say Jonah, then why do you turn that to Yusuf, right? Like it's just a thing that cultures do. They Arabize, they Latinize, they Hellenize. You know, they do these things. They do like you guys. You know, I mean, not you specifically, but the Islamic world also arabized many of words that came from previous cultures what do they teach in these schools that the only thing that qualifies as evidence is what you can see and what you can touch give me a break so guys when technologies like these come out it should make us cognizant and draw us closer to Allah and closer to our families and closer to seeking more and more knowledge so we can assist and protect them from these evils that of course they're not all evil but let's face it, the people that are pulling the strings, the governments, they're not exactly doing us a favor. The corporations, they're not exactly looking out for us. The schooling system, they've been hijacked by the people with the most money, with the most influence. So who's really looking out for us? Gain access to your own mind, know thyself and know Allah. Otherwise, like Allah says in the Quran, if you don't know Allah, if you don't remember Allah, he will make you forget yourselves. Then these people are going to pick up the pieces and tell you that you are a materialist, consumer, atheist, nihilist. You're just going to become worm food. Let's leave it there, guys. Until next time. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, wait, look at that. Subscribe, like, share, like at the very end. Subscribe, like, share. Hmm. So after all that speech, eventually he ended up asking for us for likes. I thought likes don't do anything. Anyways, again, this is a competition that is keep is going to keep going on, um, threatening you guys with uh, loss of meaning, with being nihilistic. They have been doing that ever since the printing press, and they're going to continue to do that. And the same people that are warning you about this technology will eventually will they will make you apps to be able to go to Hajj using your VR headset, um, you know, experience heaven. Um, they will, I don't know, here, maybe they will make Jesus's like this. So you could maybe talk to Jesus using AI technology. Let me look at this one. How does this work? Yo, please, my child, is don't let one? this happen. My mission here is to bless. The devil will laugh at me if you skip this video. Please, my child, don't let this happen. Yeah. My mission here is to bless you so that you may achieve great things in these final days of the year. God brought you into this world so that you can evolve according to the commandments of the Lord. Every good action you take towards others will be repaid many times over. So do yeah. good without looking at who it is for. You will be sowing the seed of victory in your life. If you want to get closer to the Creator, spread His word by pressing all...
Anyways, that's basically. Look what they did to Yeshua. They made him speak English. Oh, my God. The conspiracy. <laughs> he was speaking either Aramaic or Hebrew. How dare yeah. they? And his name wasn't Jesus. It was Yeshua. Ah, yeah. This terrible. I mean, that's exactly what he just said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, they will they will be right on it. Like the same people that are now resisting this technology, uh, as soon as it takes over everywhere, they are going to be providing a lot of Islamic services on VR headset. They and they're gonna get on that bandwagon themselves. They're just oh happy. heck yeah. Just he yeah, just yeah. is, you know, it's he went he did a huge long video to say basically what he said in the last like three minutes, four minutes. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it Anyways, was we went, for the likes. We went way over, yeah, but... yeah, yeah. We went way over, guys. Please, also, the likes do help. Unlike what you just heard, the likes really do help. So, please make sure you like this video. Um, I know this video is less popular, but eventually, these videos are going to be more uh, of a request by a lot of people. I'm pretty sure at some point, you guys are going to request more talk about technology because there's a major major shift coming and it's right now not not that many people are talking about it but i can see it, it becoming most of the di discussion pretty soon because of how big of a change we're about to face but anyways um thank you rifka for being here um, and we're going to go back to some more serious discussions, more political, more religion discussion. I just wanted to use this as an excuse to talk about this major shift that is coming and the religious reaction to it. And at some point, we will talk about it again. But yeah, see you guys. I think I might do an Ali Dava video tomorrow. But see you guys on the next video. Make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a comment after the video is over. And see you on the next video. Bye. Bye. Yalla bye. Yalla bye.